this morning to the book of First Corinthians, the book of First Corinthians. And while you're turning there, let me just say hello. It is good to be home. Happy New Year, everybody. God bless you in Jesus' name. I, um, you know, I, it, it's always, we had a nice time and we were able to be away a little bit for the holidays. But you know it's time to come home when you start seeing sermons everywhere. We went on a little Christmas morning hike. I'll have to show the picture to you. I, we were looking over everything, and I was seeing the lake, and I saw Jesus walking on the water and <clears throat> looked up at the trees. And, of course, every one of them was a tree of life, and one of them was actually growing out of a rock. And I thought, oh, don't get me started. Out in the middle of these woods, I will preach that he built his church upon the rock and the rock was in the shape of a heart now you know you know God look at God look at God amen that's not what I'm preaching today but I will you know I will amen but it is so good to be home and to be with everybody we certainly love you and thank God for you this is such a beautiful congregation and your hearts are so tender to the things of God and that gives me great, uh, that just gives me great joy, and I, I thank you for that. Didn't we hear a powerful word from the Lord on New Year's Eve and last Sunday from Brother Luami Diaz? My goodness, what powerful and thought-provoking preaching we received. Amen. From 1 Corinthians chapter 9, we will begin reading at verse 19. The scripture says this, For though I be free from all men... Yet have I made myself servant unto all, that I might gain the more. And unto the Jews I became as a Jew, that I might gain the Jews. To them that are under the law, as under the law, that I might gain them that are under the law. To them that are without law, as without law, being not without law to God, but under the law to Christ that I might gain them that are without law. To the weak became I as weak, that I might gain the weak. I am made all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. And this I do for the gospel's sake, that I might be partaker thereof with you. I want to, I want to just draw your attention to that word made he said I am I am made all things to all men that I might by all means save some and I just want to concentrate our attention on that word made and the message I'd like to preach this morning is simply this made for the mission of mercy made for the mission of mercy could we just lift our voices to God? And I'll ask you to, to pray for me this morning as I endeavor to deliver the word of the Lord. God, we thank you for this day that you have given to us so graciously. You have caused the sun to rise upon us. And Lord, we, we don't even deserve to be in your presence. But you have smiled upon us. In the depths of your grace, you have smiled upon us. And you have allowed us to enter into your throne room, O oh God, and Make our petitions known and to, to give thanks unto your name. I pray today as your word goes forth that it will find good ground and help us to understand, help us to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Help us, O oh God, we pray. Help us, O oh God, we pray. I ask for an anointing, Lord, upon 
your messenger as I endeavor to preach the word, that we may all understand it, that we may all receive it. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. And amen. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. God bless you. I've got to be honest with you, this passage of Scripture has always been a little bit difficult for me to fully comprehend. And, you know, Scriptures are, you know, it's not all the time that you understand everything that the Scripture's saying. And, and uh, that's all right. Sometimes it takes a little while for things to really sink in and, and cause you to, to understand what it is that's, that's being said. But this Scripture just always confounded me. Uh, For many years, I would quote it. Sometimes we quote it like this. We say, Paul said, I'm all things to all men. That's not quite what he said. He said, "I, I am made all things to all men. But just hearing it quoted, I'm all things to all men, kind of troubled me. And and, uh, I thought, I know Paul better than for Paul to be saying, hey, I am whatever you want me to be. You know, we really, it's hard to stomach somebody like that who says, I'm, I'll be this with this crowd, but I'll be that with that crowd. And then I'll be something totally different with a totally different crowd. You, you really need somebody to be who they are. You know, there's a, there's a little reptile called a chameleon that, that blends in with its surroundings and you can't even see the chameleon because the chameleon looks like everything that is surrounding it. I know Paul wasn't saying that. This is the man who said, I am what I am. You thought Popeye said that. No. The Apostle Paul said that. He said, I am what I am. He also said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone. Oh, thank God for that. To everyone that believeth. And so I know Paul isn't saying, I'm a chameleon. I'll just blend in wherever I go. You won't even know I'm there. This is the man who walked up to the top of Mars Hill and shouted, You ignorantly worship the unknown God, but I'm going to declare him unto you. This man believed in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And yet he tells us, I am made all things. To all men, that by all means I might save some. To the Jew I became as a Jew. To them that are under the law I became as under the law. To them that are without law I became as without law. And to the weak I became as weak. I think to truly understand what the Apostle Paul was saying, you you first have to understand the enormous passion and compassion that God has for lost souls. May we never forget, Tree of Life Church, why we are here and why we exist. We, we are not here just to gather and to have a good time. And, and that's a wonderful thing. And I thank God for every opportunity that we have to get together, shake hands, and worship God together. But, but we must understand that we are here for the salvation of souls we are here for the for the lifting up of the downtrodden we are here for the for the 
putting back together of a broken heart. We're not interested in numbers. We're interested in souls. This is why we are here. This is why we exist. And we have to know that, that when Jesus was asked, why are you even here? This is his response. The Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. He explained to those in the synagogue, he said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to bind up the brokenhearted, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to deliver those that are in bondage, to open up the eyes of the blind. This is why I'm here. I'm here for people. That is what we must remember, and that is what Paul was trying to say when he said, I am made all things to all men. Jesus tried to describe it. He talked about a good Samaritan who went down to where the beaten man was, left half dead. He bound up his wounds, poured oil and wine in the wounds, and put him upon his own beast of burden, carried him to an inn, paid the innkeeper, covered his expenses and said, take care of him. I'll come back and check on him. He talked about a good shepherd who, who had one lamb stray from the ninety and nine that were in the wilderness. And that good shepherd left the ninety and nine to look for the one lost lamb that had no way of getting back to the fold. And he said in the depiction of how he operates, we, we see him as he's on his way to Jairus' house to heal Jairus' daughter and eventually raise her from the dead. We see him stop everything. The procession came to an abrupt halt because one woman with an issue of blood that had lasted for 12 years. She had been to physicians for 12 years and could not get well. But she touched the hem of his garment and Jesus stopped everything and said, who touched me? They asked the question, how can you say who touched me? Because everybody is thronging you. He said, no, but somebody touched me with fingers of faith and the virtue has gone out of me. We see that he talked about a woman. We, we, the scripture describes a woman who was caught in the very act of adultery. And she was torn and brought to the feet of Jesus Christ. Thrust down at his feet. Her accusers were waiting to kill her as prescribed by the law. And Jesus forbade them by saying, Let he that has no sin cast the first stone. When nobody could say that they had no sin. They all had to depart. When he asked the question, where are your accusers? She said, Lord, I have no accusers. He said, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. See, Jesus is in the people saving business. Can I remind somebody that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Can I remind somebody that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself? It is the, it is the, it is the intent of God to reach for those who are hurting, for those who are lost, for those who are broken. This is why the man, the Bible says, bought the whole field for the one treasure that was inside the field. 
Now, he bought the whole field. He bought every thorn. He bought every thistle. He bought every briar. He bought every trouble, every problem. Also, he could have access to the lone treasure that was in the middle of the field. That's what God is to us. He purchased us. He bought us. And he bought all of us. He bought every thorn and every thistle. He bought every pain, all your shame. He took all of it because he saw the treasure that's inside of you. Other people walk, look at us and walk on by and say, I don't want anything to do with them. They have too many issues. Jesus is just the opposite. Jesus said, if you've got issues, I'm your God. I will take care of those. I will reach for those. Oh, hallelujah. So Paul said, I don't know how to explain it. He said, I've just been made all things to all men. Now you've got to understand that this wasn't the way it always was with the Apostle Paul. He wasn't always this way. This, the Bible says, is the guy who was standing by as Stephen the evangelist was having heavy rocks thrust at his head. This man was being pelted by his accusers, Stephen the evangelist. And before Paul knew Jesus, he was consenting to Stephen's death. He stood by, watched this atrocity Develop and was and was consenting to his death. He was a part of it. He was an accomplice to it. He was perfectly fine with watching this man die. This man died saying these words, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. He, we, he, he saw the Lord in glory as he died, and, and none of that mattered to Paul when he was Saul. He was he was not always caring for all men. In fact, the Bible says just two chapters later in Acts chapter 9 that Saul yet breathed out threatenings and slaughters. This is what's coming out of his mouth. He's threatening to slaughter the Christians. It's just pouring out of his mouth that he's going to slaughter the Christians. This is the kind of guy Saul used to be. But there's this amazing thing that happens in Acts chapter 9. He's riding down the road on the road to Damascus. And while he's riding down the road, a great light began to shine above the brightness of the sun. How many remember when the great light began to shine on you? Come on, you remember who you used to be. You remember where you used to go. You remember how you used to treat people. But thank God that the great light began to shine above the brightness of the sun. And the great light began to shine above the brightness of the sun. It was so bright, Saul lost his bearings, didn't have any sunglasses on, didn't have a visor to pull down, knocked him off his high horse. He fell down in the middle of the road to Damascus and had an encounter with Jesus. He knew this couldn't just be any old ordinary day. He knew that God had intervened. So he cried out. He said, Lord, who are you? Jehovah, who are you? And Jehovah shocked him when Jehovah said, I am Jesus. Because Saul wanted to please Jehovah, but he wanted to get rid of anybody who worshipped Jesus. And when Jehovah said, I am Jesus, Saul was shocked out of his mind and knew for sure it would mean sudden death. But it didn't mean sudden death. God 
the glorious God of heaven and earth. The good shepherd, hallelujah. The good Samaritan, hallelujah. The man who healed the woman with the issue of blood. The man who healed the man sick of the palsy. The man who healed the man who had the withered hand. The man who raised Lazarus from the dead. The man who fed multitudes with five loaves and two fishes. Hallelujah. The man who can make a way, Brother Williams, when there is no way. He said, Saul, don't worry. I've not come to condemn you. I've come to lift you up. I've come to raise you up out of your pain, out of your shame, out of your brokenness, out of your confusion. Oh, hallelujah. You'll have to pardon me if I praise him for the rest of my life. You just have to pardon me. I can't. I, I will praise him and serve him. He's worthy of my praise. He's worthy of my obedience. He's worthy. He's worthy of my faith. He's worthy. See, he picked me up when I was unlovable. He turned me around when nobody should have given me a second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, or eighth chance. He's a loving God. He's a good God. And he loves you. And something happened that day. Something happened that day. Something happened in the life of Saul. He had never encountered a love so pure. He had never encountered a, a, a hope so, so intent on saving him. And, and he, it changed him. And it made him, whereas before he, he was stiff-necked. Before he, he looked at people with contempt if they didn't agree with him. Before, if he couldn't relate with somebody, he, he wanted them stoned and he wanted them put out of, his, out of the equation. But, but something changed when he had an encounter with Jesus Christ. See, when you encounter forgiveness the way God forgives, it'll change the way you treat people. When you encounter love the way God loves, it'll change the way you treat people. When you encounter that kind of peace, oh, hallelujah, and hope, Joy, it, it will change the way you see anybody and everybody around you. And all of a sudden, you end up having a love for people. You before, you couldn't even tolerate being with them. And now all of a sudden, you have a love for them. Now all of a sudden, you have peace with them. The Bible says to follow peace with all men. And holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. And so, so we, we see that Paul had an encounter with Jesus. See, that's the way Jesus was. Jesus could relate with anybody. He could relate with anybody. He could relate with, with Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a tax collector. Nobody liked Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was the man everybody avoided. They thought he was a cheat. But the Bible says that he, he like anybody, wanted to see Jesus. Jesus came running, coming through the town one day and Zacchaeus was was of short stature so he climbed up into a tree so he could see Jesus and Jesus instead of looking up and seeing Zacchaeus and being like oh let's keep moving I don't want anybody to know that Zacchaeus follows me on Twitter I don't want anybody to know that Zacchaeus Zacchaeus is a part of my fan club no no that's not what he did he said Zacchaeus in front of everybody he said Zacchaeus I'm coming to your house today 
when the woman with the alabaster box broke open that alabaster box on his feet, there were people standing around who said, if Jesus knew what kind of woman this was, he wouldn't have let her open up this alabaster box and pour ointment upon his feet. If he knew her background, if he knew her reputation, he would recoil. But Jesus, discerning their thoughts, said to them, you don't see people the way I see people. See, I'm all things to all men. I I am made all things to all men. I'm God manifest in the flesh. I created this woman and she loves me because I've forgiven her. And you would understand that. Those who are forgiven much, they love much. So you can keep criticizing her all you want. But she can worship me anytime. She can praise me anytime because I relate with people differently than you relate with people. See, sometimes if you, if you look at somebody and you don't agree, sometimes there's this contempt that comes over you. But in the forefront of Jesus' mind and in the forefront of Paul's mind, it was always about the salvation of souls. Always. It was always about the gospel of Jesus Christ. So the things that were different between them and others did not prevent them from interacting with those people because they saw them as in need of a touch from God. So yeah, when I'm with the Jews, I'll be as the Jews. And when I'm with those that are under the law, I'll be as those that are under the law. And when I'm with those that are without law, I'll be as those that are without law. Not a law against God, but under the law to Christ. He wasn't saying, I blend in with everybody. He was saying, I connect with anybody. I remember I, remember I received a phone call from a, a, a business owner who said, I'd like for you to come and pray over my place of business. We're opening up in a new place of business. I said, I, I'd be happy to do it. And he said, he was actually a man, he, he was of a Hindu persuasion. And he said, I'd like for you to come. And, and really what it was, he wanted his Hindu priest to come. But he knew the vast majority of his employees were Christian. And that might be strange to them. And so he wanted a Christian pastor to also come. And kind of balance things out. I said, absolutely. I made all things. To all men. I'll come up anywhere and pray. You let me, you tell me I can pray here, I will pray here. Hallelujah. So I walk into that place of business. When I walk into that place of business, they said, you've got to take off your shoes. Because we're going into a place of prayer, you've got to take off your shoes. When we came in here today, we didn't take off our shoes. That's not our custom. Moses did at the burning bush, but, but we, don't, we don't take off our shoes when we come to church. They said, you got to take off your shoes. So, I took off my shoes. I walk into this little place with carpet, and the Hindu priest had gotten there before me, so he had candles lit up all over the room. And folks, I didn't walk in there and say, take off my shoes. Taking off any shoes. I come up in here with my muddy boots, tap dance all around here, <laughs> blow out these candles. These candles aren't necessary. I didn't do all that. I said, oh, you're going to light your candles? I got a candle too. And Jesus told me not to put a bushel over my candle. 
He said, let your light so shine before men. So my friend, the Hindu priest, was lighting the candles with the, with the lighter. But, but I was in the car before I came in, and I was lighting this candle before I went in. I said, Lord, make me a light. Lord, let me shine. Let the power of the Holy Ghost flow through me. Let the grace of God be upon my words. And let the, let the mercy of the Lord come through my language and the way that I interact with people today. When I walked in there, now, now, I didn't pray to the same gods he was praying to. He prayed his prayers, and then I prayed my prayers. And I prayed my prayers to the one true and living God whose name is Jesus Christ. He came to save us. Hallelujah. He came to bring us out of darkness and into his marvelous light. And I prayed that the blessing of the Lord be upon these employees and be upon this business and be upon the work that they do. Give them health in their homes, salvation in their souls. Bless them coming in and going out in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Because souls matter to God. So we walk into whatever, wherever, wherever anybody is. doesn't matter where they are. If they have a soul, God can reach them. Hallelujah. There's this amazing account in the scriptures of the prophet Jeremiah. The prophet Jeremiah was, anybody know that he was called the weeping prophet? He was the weeping prophet because he wept over Israel. He saw that Israel was going to be taken captive and he wept over them. And his pro- he wasn't like a popular preacher. They were not, they were not hosting him on the, on the couch of a morning talk show. Nobody wanted to hear Jeremiah preach. Now, he's got a big book in the Bible with a lot of chapters. But, but back in the day, folks, nobody wanted to hear from Jeremiah the prophet. Nobody was attending his church. Nobody wanted to listen to what he had to say. His message was dire. His message was a warning. His message was cautionary. His message was that there's going to be an army come in here and is going to take the people of Israel captive because Israel has turned their back on God. And nobody wanted to hear that. In fact, at one point, his prophecy became so confrontational and he said he described the armies that would invade the cities. And finally, somebody said, we cannot have this man speaking in public anymore because he's weakening the hands of the soldiers. So they went and grabbed Jeremiah, arrested him, and they put him into a dungeon. Actually, it was a pit of a dungeon. And they, they actually didn't just throw him in. They had to lower him down with cords. So they got this crank. And they're lowering Jeremiah down into the pit with cords. It's found in Jeremiah chapter 38. And he gets down. The Bible says there was no water there. Only mire. Which means there was only mud and filth and degradation in that pit. In that mire. There was no way out. There was a way in. There wasn't a way out. That's the way your sin is. There's a way in. There's not a way out. That's where we find a lot of people that we minister to. They found a way in, but they can't find a way out. There's a lot of people who deal with with addiction and deal with struggle and deal with betrayal. They found a way in, but they can't find a way out. 
And so Jeremiah is let down into the dungeon, into the pit. And the Bible says that a man by the name of Abedmelech said, Abedmelech said, he heard that Jeremiah was let down into, into uh, the prison. And when he heard that he was let down into this dungeon, this pit, this prison, where there was no escape, he said, this is not right. We've got to get Jeremiah out of the pit. We've got to get him out of this dungeon. There's no water down there. It's meant for him to die down there. They said, there is no way out. There's only a way in. He said, there's got to be a way out. He petitioned the king, and the king said, if you can come up with a contraption, an apparatus that can get him out, then you're welcome to try. But good luck with that. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says that he went and found old, rotten rags under the king's treasury and started tying them together and let them down by the cords that put Jeremiah in there and said, Jeremiah, put these old rotten rags under your armholes. That's what the Bible calls them, armholes. We don't call them anything better. We call them armpits. And listen to me, everybody has armpits. I don't care, I don't care how, how good you look today and how much you tried to make yourself look nice and smell nice. Everybody in this room has armpits. Just like everybody in this room has souls. And if you've got armpits, he can bring you out. Jeremiah, do you have armholes? Do you have something that you can put those old rotten rags, put your arms on top of those old rotten rags, and I can pull you up out of this? Jeremiah said, I can do it. They put those old rotten rags down into that pit, down into that dungeon. Jeremiah put them up under his armholes, armpits, and they began to crank that cord again and brought him up out of that dungeon, out of that pit. When I was in Europe, I, I, I expected that when I got to Europe, I would just buy deodorant once I got there. You know, saving room in the suitcase and everything. And so we, we, we got there and I started to shop for some, I wanted my deodorant. Because you know, when you get a deodorant, that's what you need to stick with. When you find one that works, you don't need to be, you don't need to be exploring and experimenting unless you're by yourself for three days. I have one that works, and I got to Germany, and they didn't have what I have back here in good old Cincinnati. And I thought, what in the world? Don't these people have armholes and armpits? I finally found something that worked, ladies and gentlemen. They, in fact, what I learned was, yes, they have the same needs that you have and that I have and that all people have, and they have exactly what works, and that's what you'll find with anybody. You may not think you can relate to them, but you can relate to them. They have the same needs you have. People are people. doesn't matter their differences. They're people. The differences we have are differences that society has set up between us. We're all people. That's how God sees us. He sees us as people in need. And if you're in a dungeon this morning, if you're in a pit this morning, if you're in a place with no water, but plenty of mire and degradation, I want you to know God can put something down into that pit that can bring you up out 
He went and found, he didn't have the best. He didn't have the finest. He found old rotten rags, tied them together. That's what the Lord said our righteousness is like. It's like filthy rags. And this is what God will do with your filthy rags of self-righteousness. He will put them down in a pit. I want you to hear what I'm saying. This is what God will do with, with your filthy, old, rotten rags. See, see, we think our righteousness is so good. We think we're such good people. And because I try to do good, then I'm good. No, 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 no. Even the good stuff we do pales in comparison to the holiness of God. We are filthy rags. Old, rotten rags. And this is what God will do with our old, rotten ways. He will lead us down into a pit, into a dungeon. And we'll get down in that dungeon. We won't even know why we're there. We won't even know what God has in store. But while you're there, here's what's happening. You're learning how to become all things to all men. See, you didn't used to have compassion on people until you went through what they went through. See, you didn't used to, you didn't used to care when somebody had cancer. Oh, you kind of cared. But it was when you went through cancer that you really, truly, deeply realized what it was they were going through. And now all of a sudden, you're in that pit with that person. And now you become to the weak as weak. Before you had your disability, before you had your hang-up, before you had your struggle, before you went through your divorce, before you went through your bankruptcy, before you went through your trial, there was, there was some part of you that couldn't relate to the hurt and the suffering of those around you. But God allowed you to go through a dungeon experience. God allowed you to go through a pit experience so that you can become to the Jew as a Jew and become to those that are without love as one without law so that you can become to those that are under the law as under the law and to the weak you became as weak oh you used to have it all figured out because you had money in the bank you had health in your body you had esteem from your peers things were good life was grand and if other people couldn't get their act together you just had no pity on them and God said I've got to slap that pride out of you somehow because there are people in dungeons they can't get out of and I need somebody to go down in there and pull them out You say, I can't relate to them. Yes, you can. They've got arms. You've got arms. Yes, you can. They have needs. You have needs. They want their children to prosper just like you want your children to prosper. They want their life to have peace just like you want your life to have peace. Stop saying you can't relate with people. If you love God, you can relate with people. Hallelujah. So there they are. They're in the dungeon. They're in the pit. There's no water down there. Time is ticking. The clock is ticking. They're on the verge of who knows what. Desperation is setting in. They don't know how to climb out. There aren't stairs in this dungeon. There aren't, there's not a ladder out of this dungeon. The only way they can get out is if Something moves on Abedmelech's heart. And he says, we've got to make a way where there is no way. We've got to let down the cords into this dungeon and into this pit. 
and put your arm. Get the, you know why they put down those rags? Because if, listen, listen, hear what I'm telling you. If, if Jeremiah would have just had the cords let down to him, it could have ripped his arms off. It could have injured him more greatly coming out of the dungeon than what he was experiencing in the dungeon. And I've seen people try to do that. I've seen people try to win a soul or to, or to somehow bring even the gospel to them and they're so rough with it that the person walks away more injured than what they were by the captivity they were in. You can't just go slap people into, into serving God. You can't just go kicking people around, drop kicking, body slamming, pile drop. This isn't the WWE. You've got, to, you've got to put some cushion on that thing and speak the truth in love. This is a two-edged sword we're dealing with, and it's sharper, and it's quicker than any two-edged sword. He put down a cushion and said, put the cushion up under your arms. We're going to bring you out of that bondage. not even an apparatus there's not even a, there's not a there's not a little tool Abednelech said okay now king how do we get people out of there the king said we don't get people out of there no 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 seriously in all seriousness we know we put him down in there but what what do we have can I go rent it from ace rental uh, can I go rent like some can we get a backhoe out here and and you know just kind of what do we got that works the king said once they go in they're done he said, uh, I'll make a way. And that's what God did with the church. God said, I will make something that can bring people out of their bondage. I will create something with cushion on it. Hallelujah. Strong enough. Hallelujah. Oh, hi. listen, I don't know what you've gone through, what mistake you made, what bad decision you made, what dungeon you're sitting in, and the devil has told you you will never come out, and that your days are finished. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. We're coming for you. We're coming for you. Hold on, and don't let go. Hold on, and don't let go. We become all things through all men. We become as weak to those that are weak we become as without law to those that are without law we are coming for you to be saved don't you know that's why you went through what you went through you went through what you went through not to go through it but so that you could relate to those who are going through it now the loss yeah the loss the deep hurtful loss you went through that because there are people in pits of loss right now struggling to see the light. You know why you went through the pain you went through? Why you went through the betrayal you went through? Why you went through the sickness you went through? Why you went through the loneliness you went through? Because God is going to use you as part of that collection of rags he's putting down in the pit and he's going to bring people out of bondage. Hallelujah. The Bible says he didn't call many noble. He didn't call many wise. But he did call. He called some of, of wood and hay and stubble and some of gold and silver and precious stones. Listen, I don't know where we fit on the, along that spectrum, but I'm just glad to be here. And I'm going to join the mission of mercy. I was made for the mission of mercy. I was handcrafted. I was custom designed. I've got his name on me. I'm brand name. Hallelujah. I've got the name of Jesus on me and I've come with Jesus to seek and save that which was lost. 
Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Somebody lift your praise to him right now. Somebody lift your praise to him right now. Somebody lift your praise to him right now. Hallelujah. Come on, you ought to call. You ought to call that friend. Go ahead, praise the Lord. But you ought to call that friend in the name of Jesus that you know is about to give up and tell him, hold on and don't let go. There's hope for you. You ought to call that sibling and that cousin and let them know, hold on, don't let go. I wonder if we could stand to our feet all across this house right now and say, God, if you can use me in your service, Lord, I'm willing, I'm willing, I'm willing to be used in your service. Hallelujah. I'm willing to be used in your service. Come on, if you could just lift up those hands right now. Lift up those hands right now. Come on, you're not holier than anybody. You're not better than anybody. We've all, we've all got arms. We can all be lifted up. Anybody, if they've got a soul, they can be lifted up. Hallelujah. If they've got a soul, if they've got a heart, hallelujah, they can be lifted up. Hallelujah. If they've got a spirit, it doesn't matter how broken, how tattered, how torn, hallelujah, how confused. Come on, I bring a message of hope this morning. Jesus is in this house. Jesus is in this house. Jesus is in this house. I bring you a message of hope. I bring you a message of hope today. To the hopeless, hear me. I bring you a message of hope. I bring you a message of hope. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I want somebody who feels like they're down into something they can't get out of. I want you to come forward and say, God, I hear hear you calling me. I hear you calling me, Lord. I hear you calling me, Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, that's it. He's bringing folks out right now. Come on, he's bringing folks out right now. He's bringing folks out. Come on, in the name of Jesus. That's it. Pour your heart out to him. Don't be afraid to weep. Don't be afraid to cry. Come on, that's it. There's room. Hallelujah. There's room in this altar. Come on, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I want somebody who used to be in that pit, who knows what that pit feels like, I want you to come on down right now. In the name of Jesus. You've been there before. You know what people are going through. To the weak, you became as weak. You understand what it feels like to to be without law. You know what it feels like to be under the law. You know what it feels like to be weak and to be broken. You were made for this mission of mercy. You were made for this mission of mercy. You know what it's like to be sick in the hospital. You know what it's like to be depressed and broken. You know what it's like to be abused. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord.
Oh! 